Blog Talk Radio. Myself with uh, ice water. I don't know, but 
it's all for a good cause. The whole thing blew up this past weekend. Uh, cool stuff. But anyway, getting back to SummerSlam, and as we overview the pay-per-view, and, and we're going to get into each and every match to get into specifics, but as we kind of look at the pay-per-view as a whole, interesting stuff. Number one, nine matches, including the pre-show match. Not a clunker in the bunch. Some matches better than others, obviously, but I'm not going to say that I don't think there was one match that I could sit here and say sucked. Let's look at the numbers in, in this pay-per-view. Um, SummerSlam, second biggest pay-per-view of the year next to WrestleMania. Out of the nine matches, six heel victories. Six heels. So it was a heel-heavy pay-per-view. Three titles on the line. Three titles change hands. And we had 16 German suplexes. An unbelievable pay-per-view. And for me... At the Ken Reedy Show Studios, you know, every, every month we, we have like an open invite for people to come over to watch the pay-per-view. Because it's, it's fun watching it with friends. Last night was one of those nights where everybody we ever invited ever, except probably you guys, you Dave, the, the Rosen clan, you didn't travel down from Connecticut. But other than that, everyone we throw out invites to I think showed up last night. So we had a jam-packed house. Everyone was entertained. Quite a number of living room pops throughout the pay-per-view. So, it's, you know, I would probably go B-plus if I was giving it a grade. I might have to kind of squeak into the A realm. I mean, it was just that good. Held my interest the entire event. Like I said, we got to get into specifics. But as an overview, very, very solid pay-per-view, Dave. Overall, yeah, it was. I mean, every match, like you said, with the exception of the pre-show match, um, had good time to develop a story and had been invested, you know, time had been invested into those matches on the, you know, weeks leading to the pay-per-view on Raw and SmackDown. Um, and just, you know, the SummerSlam has, like you, like you always say, it's the WrestleMania of the summer. And it seems like more and more each year that you don't just get a local Los Angeles crowd that goes to those SummerSlams. You get people from around the world. They, I mean, they do sell, I, I believe they do sell some travel packages for people to, to go to SummerSlam. So um, you get more of a, you know, a, a worldwide um, a fan base that attend SummerSlam. Um, in the, I've noticed in the past few years, just by the crowd reaction. So um, the crowd was pretty hot for just about every match on the show, and uh, it, it made for a good pay-per-view overall. I enjoyed it top to bottom. So let's get into it. I mean, we have to lead. You know, and it's funny because a lot of times – we try and structure the show. It's like let's let's save like the big one for last and, and get into like some of the smaller matches, you know. And but there's no way on God's green earth that we cannot lead tonight's show with the main event. And what a colossal main event! If you listened to us last night, you know that we were talking about how this fight, this match had a big fight feel. If you didn't listen to us last night, well, shame on you. Because you missed a gem. But we talked last night. It had that big fight feel. It had that beyond wrestling kind of feel. It had this, an event kind of vibe to it. And it delivered. And it delivered in a big way. And it wasn't a match where you're going to sit here and I'm not going to say it was a second coming of, of Macho Man and Steamboat. You know, it's not your... Uh, Taker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. It's not, it's not your five-star, typical five-star match. However, the story that was told last night was phenomenal. 
kudos for all the criticism across the board that WWE Creative gets time and time again. They did right by the streak. It, regardless of how you feel, and I'm still kind of on the fence about it, but regardless how you feel about the streak being broken at WrestleMania, whether you're for or against it, they did right by the streak last night because they have made Brock Lesnar into an absolute monster. The, the beast moniker that they have slapped Brock Lesnar with is, is by no stretch of the imagination an understatement. He is an absolute beast right now. He is a conqueror, if you will. Um, I got to say, and Dave, I want you to get into this because when we talk, and, and you know, you're, you're really the guy... Um, that you're the historian, and, and you're really great at remembering things and, and looking back. And, you know, I could always reference something, and you know the, the year and the pay-per-view and, and probably where it was on the card. Um, for me, <laughs> as a wrestling fan, memory not as good. But I got to say, going back as far as I can, I cannot remember a champion in a main event dominated like this ever before in the history of wrestling. I mean, not to get like, excuse my French, but really, Lesnar made Cena his bitch last night. It was a borderline squash. And if they do it right going forward with the storytelling, the guy that eventually beats Brock for that championship is going to go over huge. So, again, not a five-star match by your typical five-star match uh, qualifications, but you know, a, a five-star match as far as the, the story it told, the character it built in Brock Lesnar, and you know, all the questions it, it kind of brought up. So, I mean, you know, we talked last night about how the seeds of WrestleMania are going to be planted at SummerSlam. Would not shock me right now if we see Lesnar hold that title until WrestleMania. And he's a guy that I get it, and I'm not the biggest fan of a part-time champion, but I think it can work, and I think it'll work better than when The Rock was a part-time champion because you have Heyman as a mouthpiece, and Heyman will be there each and every week. So I'm optimistic. You know, I could be wrong, but I'm optimistic right now. But just an unbelievable performance by both guys in the ring. Cena had to sell it, so let's give Cena some credit there as well. Dominating performance by Brock Lesnar. And again, you know, WrestleMania of the summer, second biggest pay-per-view of the year. So you're not just talking a pay-per-view main event. You're talking a SummerSlam main event championship match in which the champion was ultimately squashed. I've never seen anything like that, Dave. No, I mean, I, I it, it would take me a while to really, you know, a match that was similar to what took place last night with Brock Lesnar and John Cena, but I can't. Um, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure there's been matches, whether it be mid-card matches or even some championship matches that have fallen in the middle of the card in past pay-per-views where you've seen something similar to what we saw last night with Brock Lesnar and John Cena, but never the show-closing match where it was just like, outright dominance the entire way. I think John Cena got three or four offensive moves in the entire match. And, you know, he's been one that's been heavily criticized for the better part of a decade due to the way WWE has booked him and portrayed him as being this larger-than-life superhero. I can honestly say, 
I can honestly say this without without having to regret it, but this is the first time since I've watched wrestling when it comes to John Cena that John Cena was made to look like and was and it came across as very believable that he didn't have a chance in hell last night with Brock Lesnar. Everybody has said under the sun that when they tried to stack the deck against Cena in, in storylines that most, most wrestling fans will say, oh, well, they'll find a way to get him to come back and he'll kick out of this and do that and then he'll win the match. And nine times out of ten, that's, that's the truth, that most people don't believe that, you know, John Cena was, was in any danger of being in trouble or losing. Um, we, saw something, we saw something close to that in his series of matches with The Rock and leading up to the match with the first match with The Rock and, and the, the, the downward spiral that his character went on in the spring and summer of 2012. But, however, this is the first time I can honestly say that John Cena, it was believable that he had no shot at beating Brock Lesnar. And they made, I mean, you said it last night, the Extreme Rules match, they made it look like it was a fluke. Last night, I didn't believe one single bit that he was going to make a comeback and he was going to, to do anything to get you to believe that Lesnar had a chance of losing. And that's the way that they, I, I loved how they booked it that way, how they, they told the story that way, how WWE creative and, and the performers mapped this out. Because like you said, it did right by the streak. And it made Brock Lesnar defeating Undertaker that much more believable and also that much more able to swallow because a lot of wrestling fans to this day still can't swallow the fact that Brock Lesnar was the guy to end the streak with The Undertaker. Um, and like you said, Lesnar possibly being champion going to WrestleMania, it, it's very possible. Um, I mean, when we were younger, Ken, and we've talked about this a million times, I'll say it again, the champ was hardly ever on TV. You know, wrestling was one hour on Saturday mornings, and you saw two, maybe three matches, and most of them were squash matches, and you had one match that was a main event between a couple of mid-carters, and maybe the champ was on cutting a promo or doing a run-in, but that was like every other week. Hulk, I, I remember seeing Hulk Hogan maybe once a month, if that, when, when I was a kid watching wrestling. So, you know, that, it worked back then because it made championship matches that much more prestigious, and I think going back to that formula with Brock Lesnar now can work now for a number of reasons. One, because of the believability of his character – being so tough and so badass and pretty much doing whatever he wants and coming and going when he pleases. And secondly, he's got Heyman as a mouthpiece to, to kind of fill in the blanks when he's not around. So overall, last night, the presentation, the performance, um, and the story that was told was tremendous and something that hadn't been seen in quite a while, if ever, with the way that Brock Lesnar had, you know, they had just portrayed him to manhandle the John Cena character last night, which was something that, a lot of wrestling fans, the internet wrestling community, had been clamoring for for just over a decade. Overall, I thought it was a masterpiece what they did last night. And it's definitely, 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 whoever they put in that role to beat Lesnar to, to win the title, it's definitely going to make that person a made man for years to come. Whether it's Roman Reigns, whether it's Daniel Bryan, hell, whether it's a returning CM Punk. Yep, I said CM Punk. Uh-oh, internet, he's coming back. They said CM Punk. CM Punk's coming back. And they said, as I said, CM Punk is coming back. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, whoever gets this, whoever gets that role of beating the guy who beat the guy, it's going to make them huge. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's amazing. And it's amazing to, to come across, like, in a match like that, to look at it and to say that, you know, essentially a squash match, and we're talking about how great it was. And, and you know, again, it, it's not like they spent 10 years to tell this story. I mean, I, I, you know, but it's almost like the, the 10 years that John Cena has been John Cena really helped this storytelling because he is a guy. His whole character is based on being able to dig deep. Being able to fight against the odds. The guy who just doesn't give up. You know, that's John Cena. Hustle, loyalty, respect. Like him or not, that's the John Cena character. And for a guy like that, like you said, Dave, there was no point in that match that you really felt like Cena had a chance. I mean, and he's the champ. Put, you know, the, the internet people and everyone who's... Put your opinions of John Cena to the side for a second. And let's just talk in terms of storytelling. He's the champion. At this point, creatively, he's the best in the business. He's the champion. And they booked this beast to come in and just dominate. Not just beat, but dominate the guy who is not only the best in the business, holding that strap, the face of the company, the guy who always digs deep, the guy who always finds a way for a decade plus, has been the man, and, and just Brock comes in and destroys him. Uh, it, it just it, it it is masterful storytelling, and he's he's just a monster right now. And, and there's so many things you can do now with Brock. I mean, does Brock just say, you know, it's 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 my title now. I'm not obligated to defend it for another 30 days. So piss off. I'm leaving. I don't need to be here. I mean, that that works for Lesnar's character. Lesnar does not have to be around. Lesnar. Lesnar's a dick, both in character and in real life. He can pull this off not being there. And people got to kind of pull themselves out of that whole mindset that, oh, my God, the champion has to be on every week. He doesn't. It worked years ago. And now, and, you know, we're, we're going to get into it because we watched the SummerSlam where the mid-card was phenomenal. There were a lot of very good matches. All the matches had storytelling involved with it. All the matches continue to tell the stories. You have stories that, you know, now you're looking, you're going into Raw, and it's like, wow, three hours, but they got a lot to address tonight. There's a lot of ramifications coming out of SummerSlam. So you know what? You don't need the champ on every week. You don't. You got Heyman who can come out, cut a three-minute promo, keep Brock Lesnar in your consciousness, let Brock Lesnar be the jerk that just doesn't want to be there because... There's no challenges anymore, and that works because you got Rollins and Ambrose, and you got you got whatever Bray Wyatt's going to be doing, and then you know you you got Reigns, and you got you got the IC title that's starting to mean something. You know you have all these other things going on, and that's how it worked way back when. Like you said, Dave, we were lucky if we saw Hogan once a month, but what we did see is a killer mid card. And, and that's how that formula works. And it kind of, I'm kind of excited to see where they're going to go with this because we're not going to see Brock Lesnar every, every month and every week. And I'm hoping that they do go forward and kind of continue him being just a monster. And I want to see him hold the title at WrestleMania. I, I, at this point now, well, you, go ahead, Dave. 
Yeah, well, you, you you make great points all all there when it comes to the Brock Lesnar character and how well this could work with him not being on TV as frequent as the uh, the, the WWE champion. But here's a question that I'd like to pose to you, and maybe something that our callers can talk about later on in the show. There have been rumors and speculation that Triple H and Vince McMahon have been butting heads creatively in regards to the future of Brock Lesnar as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Triple H, on one hand, from what I've been reading, wants to build Roman Reigns to be the next guy, the, 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 the great white hope that's going to dethrone Brock Lesnar eventually. Once that, once that run comes to an end, it's going to be Reigns to do it. But Vince McMahon, on the other hand, wants to bring The Rock back and have The Rock and Brock Lesnar headline WrestleMania next year. Now, whether it's true or not, is it a smart move to bring The Rock back, a box office draw, another part-time guy to have to face the part-time WWE champion Brock Lesnar and make a lot of money in the short term? Or do you build up Roman Reigns in hopes of when he defeats Brock Lesnar, that it turns him into a made guy, and however long they decide to to, to let that that build up burn, so to speak. That's the that's the question that's on my mind since since I've been reading early this morning what they've wanted to do now with Brock Lesnar and his future. Um, and like you said, it makes a lot of sense for him not to be there as much. I mean, if we can all go back, you know, I'm you say I'm the wrestling historian. Well. Let's go back to 2012 when he returned, and in in the, in the storyline, he had demanded not to you know to basically come and go when he pleases and not have to be around as much and fight when he wants to fight. You know, there were a few times. The first time he beat Triple H, he said, "I've accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. I'm leaving," and then he returned like six months later. So it makes sense that he were to just get up and leave if he were to do it tonight or if he were to do it next month. Um, but, yeah, the real question I want to know is with our listeners, and maybe with you, is it a smart move to bring The Rock back and be, have, have that guy be the one to dethrone Lesnar or the Roman Reigns situation? Yeah, it, it, you know, it's an interesting debate, and, it, and it's, it's a difficult one. I, I know where, where I stand on it. I mean, it's tough for me to just say flat out uh, bringing a guy like The Rock is a bad move uh, to sell tickets. Um, but I think, Dave, where you really hit it was short-term versus long-term. And, and that's why I think The Rock it would be absolutely the wrong move. Um, again, business-wise, ticket sales, it's 31. It's, you know, you're coming off of 30. It's, you know, maybe you have a hangover effect. Maybe you need a, a draw to sell tickets. I get all of that. I'm not a CEO of a of a billion-dollar company. So I understand all of that and why The Rock would be tempting. But there's a few things why I think The Rock would be the wrong move uh, for Brock Lesnar. Number one, just being another part-timer doesn't work for me. Number two, it doesn't work for me on a couple levels. Number one, if you have The Rock vanquish Brock, uh, then where you go from there? And if The Rock is going – now The Rock's with the belt and he's a part-timer, so where do you go after the fact? Uh, the second thing I don't like is that basically you say the whole roster can't do it, so we have to go outside the company to bring someone in. So it, it kind of knocks down the, the rest of the roster uh, a, a peg. 
Um, the other thing I don't like about it is, is storytelling-wise, um, you know, The Rock lost to John Cena. Um, you know, he lost the belt at WrestleMania 29 to John Cena. Um, now, now again, now, and I know in, in competition, in sports, and all that, you can't necessarily draw a, a direct line. But let's play this all out with, with, with The Rock came back. So The Rock loses his belt to John Cena. John Cena goes up against Brock and then absolutely gets torn apart, dominated. And then we bring The Rock back and he's able to beat Brock. I, I don't, that storytelling, you know, it's, and again, I get it. I'm being nitpicky and I know it's WrestleMania and it's ultimately for ticket sales. But to me, the, the ultimate right now is to make someone. And I know we keep saying Roman Reigns, whether it's Roman Reigns or someone else, I, I think all the parts are in place for uh, a new guy to be the guy to beat uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, a guy, the youth movement, you know, let's, let's not bring an old man back. Let's, let's get a younger guy, an up-and-comer. Um, that's the direction I would go. And so that, that's where I stand. And I read that stuff, too, and it was kind of surprising me. I would bring The Rock back maybe for something else, and I don't know what else it would be, but I, I, I'm just not a big fan of bringing The Rock back again and for him to be the, like, so The Rock becomes the guy who beat the guy who beat the streak. I, I, I'm not crazy about it. Well, I mean, where I'm curious, Dave, where you fell on this uh, debate. I, I agree with you. I mean, like on the on the point that if the Rock were to come back, that means the rest of the roster, you know, are a bunch of nobodies, and you had to bring a virtual outsider to 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 take care of business. Um, if you were, if if Vince McMahon is really dead set on wanting to do the Rock versus Brock Lesnar, don't do it for the title. Do, do it as an undercard match at WrestleMania, or like the second to last, or whatever. Do it as a, a bill as you know a, a huge attraction. I mean, I've been hearing stories too that Lesnar. It's not a guarantee he's going to hold the title until all the way until WrestleMania. So we may see the payoff of somebody beating him earlier than WrestleMania. So maybe maybe if they if Vince and the WWE are really dead set on Brock Lesnar being the you know in a, in a marquee match with The Rock at WrestleMania, then maybe it would make much sense, make a little bit of sense if Lesnar were to lose the championship to just for argument's sake Daniel Bryan. Now let's say if, they, if Daniel Bryan were to return at the Royal Rumble, you know they could hype up Daniel Bryan's return in the championship match, and Daniel Bryan were to beat Brock Lesnar, or even even Roman Reigns were to beat Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, and then Lesnar could be so infuriated. That you know he he's 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 just ready to kill anybody, and then maybe that's where you insert the Rock. Maybe maybe you know Lesnar. Maybe they announce the Rock goes into the Hall of Fame next year, and Rock makes an appearance, and Lesnar takes him out, and that's how you set up their match at WrestleMania. You know WWE Hall of Famer going into the Hall of Fame, but he's got to wrestle you know Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I mean maybe that's maybe that's the route that you would go with that. I don't know. It's it's not set in stone that Lesnar's going to be holding on to the championship to WrestleMania, from what I've heard. But then I've also heard other stories that that's, what they, that's the plan going forward that they want. Um, I mean, it's, it's a long ways away. Let's just put it that way. Then again, we, we, were, we were all in debate you know, a couple of years ago when we didn't think that John Cena and The Rock could sustain the audience's attention for over a year without being you know, on TV so much together heading into WrestleMania, the match that was announced a year prior. So... They did a pretty decent job with that. Um, you know, 
But at this rate, I think it's one of those. It's, it's a trial by trial by error situation. They're going to see how it plays out and how it goes. Who knows? Maybe somebody gets injured and they they, they need the championship belt to kind of beat things up in storyline wise, and they have to have Lesnar drop the belt. I mean, a lot of things could take place between now and WrestleMania. I'm one of those that's very optimistic that they can do it with without the champion as much all the way until, you know, next March. But um, I'm just going to kind of play it by ear at this point and see how it goes month to month. I think you bring you know, it's funny because you got my wheels turning when you said, you know, maybe they set up something with Rock and Brock not for the title. I mean, what if they do something that there is obviously – of uh, family ties, you know, uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and The Rock is in Roman Reigns' corner. And then somewhere during that match, uh, maybe Lesnar picks up a chair and Rock takes the chair from him or something where, you know, not overtly interferes, but his presence is there. And then you set up Rock and Brock, you know, Roman Reigns wins the title and Brock wants a piece of The Rock. Um, maybe you go forward with something like that but I, I you know i think yeah i mean selling a pay-per-view whether it's wrestlemania or if they want to do the rumble or so i i i buy into rock brock non-title i i i just think the rock need the, the rock i'm getting confused rock brock rock rock brock needs to drop the title before i i just don't want the rock coming back being the guy uh that winds up taking out brock lesnar so it remains to be seen so much to talk about Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Your thoughts on Cena, Brock Lesnar. Your thoughts on where they're going to go forward now with the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. What was your match of the night last night? What did you think of the whole pay-per-view? And if you want to chime in, let's get our fantasy booking hats on. Where do you think they're going to go in the upcoming year? Who's the man to knock Brock Lesnar off this pedestal, will it work with a part-time champion? So many things discussed moving forward, and you better bring it. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We're going to get to your calls immediately following the break. But for now, it is time for the Day Five Fifty Fifty News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. As always, top of the hour every single morning here on the Ken Reedy Show. This is. The Day Five News Report, where I highlight, in my opinion, IMO, the top five news stories in the week of professional wrestling. Our first story: with news breaking last evening that Bully Ray is no longer with TNA Impact Wrestling, more developments to this story have surfaced, according to ProWrestlingInsider.com. Most within TNA were surprised at this news last evening when Ray announced it to the locker room. However, sources in TNA say both sides are still working on an agreement that can appeal to all parties involved. Some have wondered the status of Team 3D, Brother Devon and Bully Ray, going into the TNA Hall of Fame at Bound for Glory this fall in Tokyo, Japan. And, they, and now, from what I'm hearing, they say that the plan is still in full swing for a TNA Hall of Fame induction. It should be noted, however, that despite... Bully Ray's TNA status being up in the air. Devon's contract with TNA doesn't run out until this fall, most likely after the Hall of Fame induction at Bound for Glory. On the heels of an awesome SummerSlam pay-per-view last evening, WWE announced that SummerSlam will emanate from the New York, New Jersey area next summer. A venue has not 
been determined as of yet. However, in the running right now is the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, the IZOD Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and the Red Bull Arena in Newark, New Jersey. When the announcement was made last evening of the location change from the past six years in L.A. to the East Coast, some speculated that WWE would host the summer event at MetLife Stadium, home to WrestleMania 29 last year. Those rumors, however, are not true, and SummerSlam, SummerSlam excuse me, that's a tongue twister, looks to be held in smaller venues going forward. With more uncertainty in the world of wrestling and the state of affairs due to pay, scheduling, television deals, and overall direction of the business, it seems a revolving door is not just an issue with TNA wrestling. As it's been rumored that allegedly some talent within WWE have expressed interest once their contract ends to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, this seems to be a trend as of late, as both Rey Mysterio and the recently fired Alberto Del Rio both appeared last evening at AAA's Triple Mania Internet Pay-Per-View. Mysterio, who is still under contract to WWE, recorded a promo that aired on the Internet Pay-Per-View. WWE officials allegedly were unhappy about this as Mysterio did not ask permission to appear. It's been speculated that Mysterio is trying to get out of his contract with WWE because the company automatically re-upped his deal due to being inactive for an extended period of time. There is no word as of now on any legal recourse by the WWE. Speaking of AAA in Mexico, former WCW and TNA star Conan stated on Twitter recently that he plans on having hip replacement surgery. Once his recovery is complete, he plans to come out of retirement for one final match in Mexico for AAA, where he made a name for himself before wrestling in the United States. Conan works behind the scenes for the promotion and made a cameo during the Alberto Del Rio, a.k.a. El Patron, promo last night during Triple Mania. And our final story this evening, with speculation that the reason TNA Impact Wrestling is moving from Thursday nights to Wednesday nights is because they reached a new deal with Spike TV is not the case. I repeat, not the case. TNA moving nights is due to competition with the NFL airing games on Thursday evenings, as well as WWE SmackDown possibly, not guaranteed, but possibly moving back to Thursday nights. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report. In my opinion, the top story this week in the world of professional wrestling, which can only be heard every single Monday night at the top of the hour here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Good stuff. Wow. You know, it's interesting thinking that uh, Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio could be gone from the WWE. You know what I mean? Look, if I'm being honest, uh, never been the biggest Rey Mysterio fan and, uh, Quite frankly, I wasn't the biggest fan, and, and Kevin Knight ruined them completely for me. So, um, I shout out to Kevin Knight, but yeah, I, I just can't watch really Rey Mysterio anymore. But uh, yeah, too. I mean, I guess you know you make a name for yourself. Uh, you can go out and, and kind of dictate a little more what you want as far as schedule goes. Uh, you would think Ray is uh, okay financially, but uh, you know, Dave, a, a staple of the WWE for quite some time. Interesting that uh, he might be moving on. Yeah, well, you know what? It seems to be a trend as of late for a lot of talents leaving WWE and some even coming back, 
um, and working a very limited schedule. RVD does it, Jericho does it, Brock Lesnar does it. I think Brock Lesnar and The Rock are probably the two guys that really kind of ushered in that era of talent that don't want to work a full-time schedule anymore. And a name like Rey Mysterio, who's been established in wrestling, not just WWE, for the better part of, you know, 15, you know, 14, 15 years, he can do that sort of thing. And plus, he's made, he made a name for himself outside of the United States before he made a bigger splash in the United States. So um, that seems to be the, the, the reason why he wants to leave because of the schedule. And financially, he, he's all right. He does all right with himself, I guess. So um, I think this is going to be, this is going to happen more and more years down the road. Not with everybody, though. You can't, you know, you can't be a fan bango and say to Vince McMahon, "I don't want to work this state." You'll be, you know, back on the, you'll be back on the indie scene, you know, cha chaing down the aisle at a BFW in Tupelo, Mississippi, for the rest of your career if you're going to do something like that. So, I mean, we could probably see names like, you know, John. Hey, John Cena. John Cena will probably be a guy that will work a very limited schedule within the, within the next, you know, couple of years once his his in ring days are, you know, full time in ring days are completely over. It's interesting that you bring up John Cena and getting back, nice segue back into SummerSlam, but, uh, you know, going into tonight on Monday Night Raw, and I don't know what we're going to see, and I haven't heard anything, I, I really would like to see John Cena off of Raw tonight, if not multiple weeks, uh, to really sell the beating that he's physically unable uh, to appear on Monday Night Raw. It should be interesting to see. Have you heard anything uh, if John Cena is going to be on Raw tonight or not, uh, and your thoughts on whether you think he should be on Raw? I've, I have not heard anything in regards to John Cena um, not being on tonight's Raw. Um, he, he, you know, in typical John Cena fashion, he, I wouldn't say he shrugged, you know, shrugged this, this loss off or his character shrugged the loss off, but he put a tweet out on Twitter um, basically saying, you know, great ones become, you know, gods or whatever. I forget the, the basically saying, like, you got to be humble in defeat and, and, and learn from it, and typical John Cena. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's back tonight. I do agree with you. I think maybe having him off TV um, would kind of uh, sell not only the beating, but, you know, they, if they really want to milk a storyline, him, what could his future be? I mean, not only just the beating, but the fact of, like, the how it was done. I mean, for a guy like him, I'm, I'm sure it could be pretty embarrassing. I mean, look at all the things that the John Cena character has done. I mean, he is played all kinds of dragons and, and, and beasts over the years, but this one he couldn't, you know, he, he, he couldn't manage. So I, I would venture to guess that this would be pretty embarrassing for his character. I mean, he, he, that was part of the reason why he wanted so badly to beat The Rock the second year at WrestleMania, because he was embarrassed at the loss the previous year. So, and, and that, that buildup seemed to work for that storyline. Um, I could see them doing something like that within the coming weeks or months. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him off TV for a few weeks, but I personally feel this, and we've talked about this before. We've talked about this the past couple of years. Whenever he gets off of a big-time match or a big-time storyline, we all question, is he starting to wind down? He's 37, 38 years old. He can't do, you know, he, he can't do this forever you know, at, the, at the pace that he's doing it at. Um, I personally feel that after the way that they portrayed that beating last night and how well the story was told that John Cena is not going to be 
a focal point of WWE storylines and be the, the, the main attraction that he has been over the years for, for a long time now. I really think that he'll be the one to kind of work with the younger talent and get them over, kind of like what he did with Bray Wyatt. I'm not saying that we're not going to, you know, he's not going to be off TV every week, but I have a feeling him in the title picture, those days are over um, completely. No, no, no chance of it happening again, in my opinion. Interesting. And just to, to give you the, the actual tweet from John Cena was, success is the result of perfection, hard work, learning from failure, loyalty, and persistence. And that was a quote he took from Colin Powell. Take with it. Take it what you will, uh, what it means, what we're going to see tonight. Uh, I agree with you. If it's not so much totally out of the picture, I mean, I do think we're looking at uh, the beginning of the end of John Cena being a bona fide main eventer. But, uh, you know, interestingly enough, when we talk about Roman Reigns, uh, we talk about The Rock, you know, a potential storyline, which would work, um, you know, John Cena training his ass off and fighting and clawing his way back to, like you said, Dave, you know, obsessed with um, getting vengeance uh, on Brock Lesnar after the beating he took. I mean, that's, I know the, the I think the internet just collapsed, but that would be a storyline that would work as well. So, remains to be seen where they're going to go with this storyline, but coming out of SummerSlam, a lot of questions, great pay-per-view event. 347-838-9815 is the number to call, and we're going to go out to the phones, because we got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Hey guys, how's it going tonight? Doing all right. What do you What'd you think of SummerSlam last night? Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you, last night SummerSlam was very entertaining. Now, sitting right next to me right here, where she's running away for some reason, is my goddaughter because I told her that we were gonna, because we're watching, we're hanging out, and I told her we were gonna call the Ken Reedy show because she's very upset. And her name's Adriana, and, Adri- and Adriana's going to tell you why she's upset, hopefully. I think she's a little shy. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll just go out and say it. She's upset because Bree um, lost last night. That's talk. Because Bree lost, and then Nikki turned on her sister. Turned. Yeah, good. Talk a little louder. And then Nikki turned on her sister. Adriana's very upset about that. And also, Adriana is a big Randy Orton fan, and Randy Orton lost last night, so she was upset about that, right? Ad- Ad- yeah. Adriana, not not a good night for you last night, huh? And last night was my brother's birthday, so he was mad that Brock Lesnar won and not John Cena. <laughs> That's a tough night. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, any it was tough for me because it was tough. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, Ken. Go ahead. Adriana, was there any matches on the card that you enjoyed last night? Any matches on the card that you like last night? No. I think she's absolutely devastated. The the Bree and what the Bree and Stephanie match she liked it. Uh, other than uh, when 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 Nikki came down to the ring, Adriana could tell you that when Nikki came down to the ring, I said Nikki's gonna turn, and Adriana said she better not, and then. When, when this whole thing happened, Adriana was very upset with me. She kept on saying, Uncle Mike, how could you be cheering for Stephanie McMahon? <laughs> I loved it. That's my living room pop. Because you know what? A lot of times, a lot of times, and you, you guys know this, you've been watching wrestling all the time, you see, you think a turn's going to come and nothing happens. But you could see, you could, if, you, if you didn't 
We haven't been a wrestling fan. You can see it a mile away. But yeah, yeah you, can definitely, a, you could definitely see it coming. Uh, it was, it was, but it was still, you know, it was still good. Yeah, no, it was. Um, Adrian, did you like the um, the Bray Wyatt Y2J match? Yeah, but I know. Didn't win, so. <laughs> Y2J, yeah. So it was it was it was a good night for the uh, for the, for the good guys. The heels really healed it up. Hey, um, you know what was another good match I I enjoyed the Swagger match. That was great. The story the storytelling was great. Um, Swagger passed out. And uh, that was it for Swagger. But all in all, um, I, I thought that was a good match. And the second, Page and oh, you like the pagination yeah. one? Then she liked the pagination. So. And, and it was her birthday, too, so happy birthday to Paige. Yes, it was. So I'm curious, like, Mike, what, was, what would you consider your match of the night from last night? My match of the night would, would definitely be the... Um, Y2J versus Bray Wyatt. I, I definitely think, even though I wanted, and I said, and I called, I said it, I said Bray was going to win. I mean, it was his t- time. Um, just the match itself was, was, was a great match. Um, my second runner-up match definitely would be, would be Stephanie versus Bray. I thought that match was great. I thought Stephanie looked great in the ring. I thought Bray looked great in the ring. You know? Ring mode. She liked the ring mode outfit. Um, I thought that Stephanie didn't show ring rust whatsoever. She she was good in every move. She 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 was she was just unstoppable. I, I think with that match, like it was just really good storytelling. And what I really like about last night's pay per view, and I put it out there on Facebook and I and on Twitter as well. And you know, when I've asked people what the match of the night was, I keep getting different ones, which means that's a solid pay per view because it's. You got a bunch of really good matches, and it's just a question of what personally uh, resonated with you as a fan, and and that makes for a real good pay per view. Uh, shifting gears from from those matches, what are your thoughts on the uh, the main event, Cena and Lesnar? My thoughts were um, it was what we said it was going to be. We all said it was going to be a fight. Um, I thought that Brock Lesnar does too many suplexes. My God, <laughs> it was like suplex after suplex after suplex. But anyway, um, I, I just thought it was a typical Brock Lesnar match. I figured, you know, I figured that Brock Lesnar was going to uh, to win, and uh, and and it was just uh, it was just one of those 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 crazy things. But I I, I definitely think that Paul Heyman makes it. Ten times better when you have Paul Heyman out there. Paul Heyman's an excellent, excellent manager, and uh, he'll be he'll, he he goes down as one of the greats. Hey, he was with Brock Lesnar when he beat The Rock in SummerSlam. And, you know, you talk about old matches, SummerSlam 2002, great you know match. Although Shawn Michaels versus Triple H was a great match, you know, when Shawn Michaels came back and everything. But but yeah. Um, Definitely um, powerful match. And where are we going from there tonight? You know, you were talking about bringing the well, they were talking about bringing the Rock back for WrestleMania 31. I say before we do that, we we have to think about who's going to face the Night of Champions. What do you guys think about that? Who's going to face the Lesnar has to defend the title at Night of Champions? I mean, the the, the easy. Choice like my thought would be the the uh, the John Cena rematch, 
Um, so, no, I mean, that, that's where I would go if I'm a betting man. I mean, I think we'll get perspective tonight. Does John Cena show up and want his rematch tonight? Um, but if I'm a betting man right now, uh, not knowing any better, I would say we get the uh, John Cena Brock Lesnar rematch at Night of Champions. What do you think, Dave? That's very possible, too. However, I've heard some rumors and uh, saw a little bit of foreshadowing on Instagram that Batista is set to make a return. Even though he had quit in the storylines on Raw a few months ago, um, you know, he's always said he is owed that one on one championship match because of his victory at the Royal Rumble. So I'm sure that they could, you know, find a way to. You know, stick him in there, maybe turn it into a triple threat. Um, you know, with him and Cena and Brock, all three guys. You know, for for those those wrestling you know marks out there, they're all graduates of Ohio Valley Wrestling. They were all the first class to come up from the developmental territory back in 2002, when you know the WWE was leaving the Attitude Era and starting the ruthless aggression era. So. There, there is some history behind those, but, but behind you know all three of them. So it would be very uh, ironic and apropos that the three of them were involved in the championship match together at Night of Champions. And also, too, like I said last night's show, network subscriptions are coming up soon. So they'd want to stack Night of Champions, and it wouldn't surprise me if those three were involved in a match. The Internet may have a field day that all three can't work a match. However, um, there's a good chance that, Star power in that match could be the headline of the next month's night of champions. All interesting stuff to speculate on. Mike, thanks a lot for the phone call. Let's see what happens. Adriana just wants to say one more thing, and that is she wants to know why, Nikki, why. Go ahead. Say it. Why, Nikki, why? What do you mean? Queen, that's, we want to find out tonight. If, oh, why, why Nikki, Nikki why? That's it. That's it. Hopefully That's the we, question we want to know. Then hopefully we get some perspective on that tonight. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Adriana, for, for contributing. We'll talk to you next week, Mike. Tell her thank tell me you're welcome. Go ahead. You're welcome. Okay. All right, guys. We'll talk to you okay. next week. Hey take Dave, you gotta take that ace you gotta take that challenge. It's forty eight hours, not twenty four. Oh, I gave well it is supposed to be twenty four hours. Hey Ma- I know, because Magic gave everybody last night. 48 hours, but I did my right. I'll, Listen, listen. Okay, I'll be straight with you for a minute. You know, I've seen everybody do this, and I think it's a great cause, and, you know, it, it's caught on, but at the same time, like, it's gotten old. Like, I'm sick and tired of my news feed of people giving themselves an ice bath all the time on Facebook, but, you know, I, I'll be a good sport, and I will do it, Mike. I will, I will take the ice bucket challenge, and it will be on Facebook, and, uh, you know, you'll get you'll get to see it within the next 24 hours. All right. Thank Deal? you, Dave. That's why I that's why I nominated you, Dave. <laughs> no, I nominated you, Dave, because you're a good sport. And uh, I I can't yeah. wait to see Tony Scott. I hope somebody has the video for him in the home. I hope someone will woke him up and tell him that he's going to take this challenge. I hope the water ice cold doesn't kill him. <laughs> so but, yeah, entertaining but, stuff so, yeah, as always. Okay, Mike. okay, guys. Uh, I'll talk to you next Thanks, week. Mike. Take it uh, easy, Thank you, guys. And the wonderful world of Mike Ferrara, as he gives us. Uh, we got to meet uh, some of the family there, which was nice. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, he liked, um, I'm trying to, he said his match of the night was uh, Jericho and, and uh, Bray. Um, second, he put the ladies, Stephanie 
and Bree. Um, I'm curious, Dave, what was your match of the night last night? I would I would have to go with um, with the, with the lumberjack match with Rollins and Ambrose. I thought it was exciting, and you know, when was the last time we ever you know as, as wrestling fans said, "Wow, that was a really good lumberjack match." I mean. They, they're not doing DVDs on, like, the history of lumberjack matches or the best <laughs> of lumberjack matches out there. So uh, to, 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 for, for somebody to say, wow, that was a kick-ass lumberjack match and they kind of got a little creative with the rules of the gimmick, I, I thought it was pretty good. And, and, and it, told, it, it told a good story that Rollins is still trying to run away from Ambrose. He still is, is ducking and dodging Ambrose. Even in a lumberjack match, he's going as far to try and get away from Ambrose because Ambrose wants a piece in so bad. And it's, it's a storyline that I, I mean, the match last night was great. And I look forward to the creativity and how far that the two of them are going to go further down the line, because I really don't think this is over. I would agree with you. And I'm right there with you. That, that to me was my match of the night. Um, yeah. I don't like lumberjack matches. I really don't. And I wasn't crazy when I heard about the stipulation, when I heard it was going to be a lumberjack match and they, they really used it. They used that whole vibe really well. It, it just, it worked. It worked so well. Um, you know, we've talked in the past about matches where, like, they'll do a steel cage match, and the cage isn't really involved. It's like, what's the point? Um, you know, if you're going to have a cage match, you want the cage involved. Um, they really made the Lumberjacks, like, that third factor in this match. Those Lumberjacks were, like, in and of themselves, like, one extra character um, that really helped facilitate that matchup. And I, I'm really excited to see where this program's going to go because I, I just, I'm right there with you, Dave. Again, and I'm not going to argue with anyone who wants to name another match. I think the pay-per-view was that good. But I'm right there with you. I think the match of the night was uh, Rollins versus Ambrose. 347-838-9815, the number to call. We're going to go back out to the phones. We got Anthony on the line. Anthony, how you doing this evening? <laughs> You know, I'm going to put him on back on hold. Anthony, uh, keep listening. We're going to get to you in, in a minute, obviously. I think you sound like, he sounds like he's in the car. We'll continue with the phones. we got Tony on the line also. Uh, Tony, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, man. How you doing, anyway. brother? What would you think of the pay-per-view last night? Uh, it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. I thought, um, I'm, I actually, I'm going to agree with both of you. I think the Lumberjack match was really, was, was I think, my match of the night for me, too. Um, it was, yeah, it was very, you know, I love the, you know, like, the, the, you know, like, they brawl through the crowd, they get, you know, like, they escape from the Lumberjacks and everything, and then the part at the, you know, like, near the finish or wherever, when they were all carrying Rollins up over their heads, and then Ambrose did the dive onto everybody, you know, onto all of them. It was, you know, it was a good spot. And, you know, I mean, they did just, you know, like the spots you would expect in a lumberjack match with all the lumberjacks brawling, getting in the ring and, the, and all that stuff. But I, I, I thought it really, I thought it worked here, you know. And then, you know, of course, you know, Rollins getting the, uh, you know, the win by hitting Ambrose with the Money in the Bank briefcase. You know, I mean, I, I, I thought it was good. You know, I, I thought they did a good job there. Uh, probably, um, if I had to say what, what they're going to do next is uh, hell in the cell with those two. And, and, you know, that, that wouldn't shock me. I mean, I, I thought a lot of good came out of the match. I thought, the, like I said, the Lumberjacks were a good added feature. I think they used the Lumberjacks well. Um, you know, for like a, a stopgap, you know, they, they did some stuff. Like, you know, do you have Rollins? I mean, Rollins had an interaction with, with Sin Cara. 
um, out in the stands. Um, you know, do you, do you have something with, with Kane and Goldust? Uh, they had a confrontation during the match. Um, you know, or do they just stick with Ambrose and Rollins? I, I think creatively they did a really nice job with that Lumberjack match where they, they could do something tonight on Raw as like a stopgap. Say, hey, you know what, maybe Ambrose wrestles one of the Lumberjacks and Rollins wrestles another one of the Lumberjacks tonight. Uh, you know, what do we see out of Kane tonight? So in addition to just the match being very entertaining, uh, I, I thought it, it gave you some, some avenues to kind of go creatively uh, if you want to. And, and, you know, it's a good point uh, going forward, Hell in a Cell. And, you know, I really would not mind seeing these two in a Hell in a Cell matchup. That would be a highly entertaining. Your thoughts, Tony, on uh, the main event, what they did with uh, Lesnar and Cena? Uh, that, I thought that was good too. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't recall that ever happening where Cena just, you know, took the, you know, took a beating, and then like didn't get any, didn't, you know, have to come back and you know and lose, you know, like like this. I mean, I, I thought this was really, this really rem- it reminded me of Rocky Three, you know, when he he lost the first match to Clover. It, it was like, like, you know, it was really, you know, it was like. I mean, Cena took a beating. What did he give him, like, 16 German suplexes or something? It was like, uh, I, 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 God, it was just, you know, it was crazy, you know. And it's like, I, it, you know, like, they really something, you know. It's like, Brock right now is, like, the, the guy is a freaking beast. It's just like, you know, it's, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, he conquers, you know, he beats the take, take the streak, he wins the title from, from the, you know, from the top guy. I, I, I I, I really thought that they, they, they did a good job last night, and you know, hopefully, yes. I mean, if it's if it's me, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't have seen a beyond beyond Raw for the next few weeks. Uh, you know, that, I would have the you know, like Michael Cole or whoever say, you know, it's like, oh yeah, Cena, you know, is going to be out with you know whatever, you know. But uh, you know, it's like I, 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 I definitely wouldn't have him on. Certainly, you know, not uh, tonight or whatever. Uh, tonight, I mean, like maybe you do like us. Be a, you know, like a satellite interview, like in a couple of weeks or whatever, because they'll probably do the rematch at Night of Champions. So I gotta say, you know, it's like it, it, just because it's called Night of Champions, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that the, the champions got to be on it. But I mean, we'll see what they do. You know, it's like it, I'm thinking maybe Cena will do the, you know, like maybe like do with, like what they did with Shawn Michaels a long time ago. You know, it was like when he returned too soon, and then Owen Hart kicked him, and he fell, and he, and then he. Collapsed, you know. It's like maybe I don't know. Maybe if they go with Night of Champions, maybe like you know, Cena, they'll do the rematch of Night of Champions, and then you know, Cena will take another beating, and he'll just like, and he'll just be out. The ripple, you know, it's like the, the, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's what I do if I, if I do the, if if they go with the rematch. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's, it, it's interesting with the storytelling because the rematch uh, should be coming. Uh, I, I hope. I mean, my biggest hope, and, and you know, when we've talked and heard us say it a thousand times, you know, we're not Cena haters on the show. Um, but if I if I was going to be a Cena critic, um, I'm really not the big fan of, of the corny promos. And I just hope whatever they do now going forward, whether we see Cena or not tonight, uh, I hope Cena does a nice job at, at selling the gravity of, of the beating he took. I really... I, I will be, you know, as, as millions of wrestling fans will, I'll be rolling my eyes tonight if we get a corny promo out of John Cena. I, I you know, he did really well. I, I like this promo work going into this match. Um, I, I want to see a, uh, a down, beaten, contrite John Cena tonight. I, I just want to see him humbled. I think your analogy, Tony, with uh, the first match 
in Rocky three is is dead on. Just every time you just you were expecting Rocky to do something, Clubber just kept the pressure on, kept the pressure on, and just Rocky was never really ever able to amount any sort of sustained offense. And uh, that's exactly what we saw out of John Cena and, and Brock Lesnar last night. So cool analogy. What do you think, Dave? I like Tony's idea about you know maybe they have Cena as the uh, as, as you know the, the guy who gets the rematch at Night of Champions. He builds it up as the rematch, and can Cena do it? And then like you said, he comes back too early, and he, they kind of do the Shawn Michaels thing where he collapses, and then maybe you give him some a little bit of time off and let some of these younger guys you know take reign and almost almost very you know because I remember younger being younger and watching some of the older ECW pay-per-views. And there was always that, like, anything can happen kind of feel. You always got a, a few impromptu matches. And then that got to the point where, like, impromptu matches became the norm for their pay-per-views. I think it would be interesting if they were to build up Cena and Lesnar as a rematch, and then, like, the bell rings and Lesnar does something to Cena that, like, kind of takes him out of the match completely. And then maybe, like you said, kind of the Shawn Michaels factor, Tony, where you said that he just, you know, you know, collapses or he can't do it anymore. And then maybe that's where you bring in the Batista return that I had spoken of earlier. Maybe Batista, you know, they advertise him as making an appearance at Night of Champions, and then Lesnar and Heyman can just kind of say, well, my opponent has currently been taken out, and I can't wrestle, so, you know, give me the next guy that's in the locker room, you know, who do I got to conquer now? And then that's when Batista comes, and then you have an impromptu match, and then that could be another selling point for people on Raw who don't have the network. It's like, well, last night you missed it. Batista was a substitute for John Cena to face Brock Lesnar as the champion, and Brock Lesnar destroyed him. I mean, they're, they're tying the network again, like you said. Like I said, I mean, I just think that I like that idea because it's something different, and it's not the, the same old ball. We got to give the guy his rematch clause, you know, because. That's been done to death, too, I think. I think, yeah, I think it has, too. No, I was just saying, like, good, good points and uh, good points, Tony. And uh, I'm curious, like, you know, and you watch a lot, so you've been watching this for a while, and you, critic, you critique, I should say criticize, you critique a lot. Um, what, would, what would you give SummerSlam as far as a grade? Probably, like, a... Oh, God, that's, that's tough. It's, it, it, it's a high one, but it's... Uh, Probably an A. Minus, but still an A. It's funny, man, because I can hear in your voice, you're kind of like me. It's tough for me to give what an A. I'm always like, ah, I can't. But, yeah, like more and more I wanted to give it a B plus just because it's tough for me to give A's. But, uh, yeah, you know, as I think about it more and more and I watch some of the matches over again tonight today, um, yeah, it's still it, it's kind of moving in there. Like, yeah, I, I got to be – can't be like such a strict grader all the time, and I might have to move into the A realm. Um, so, really great pay per view, Tony. Thanks a lot for giving us a phone call and uh, give us a buzz next week. Uh, let's talk about what happens on Raw tonight and going into next week's Raw. Yeah, well, the schedule for tonight is a rematch: Ambrose versus Rollins. I nice. Yeah. Another uh, so match tonight. Last time, a match tonight. This uh, tonight. Thanks a lot for the call, Tony. Talk to you later. Take it easy, brother. Hey, Aaron, let's go back out because I think we got Anthony on the line. We we got a lot of Anthony's calling tonight, but uh, out in Connecticut, let's see who's there. Anthony, you there? I'm here. There you go. Hey, how you doing tonight? Yeah, we're listening on multiple phones. So we had a little mix-up earlier. 
<laughs> no problem. Uh, so, you know, Kurt, what, what were your thoughts on SummerSlam last night? Uh, I loved it. Loved it. Top to bottom. Thought it was a great show. Um, my favorite match was definitely uh, Reigns and Orton. I don't know, maybe it's because I was kind of worried that that match might be a little bit of a dud. But uh, I, I, the, the uh, Ambrose-Rollins match was 1A for me also. And um, I've never seen uh, I've never seen anybody get beat down the way Cena got beat down tonight. It was almost hard to watch at some point. And I was, I was thinking while I was watching the matches, it almost added to the greatness of Cena for me because I don't know how many guys could have took a beating like that. Lesnar threw him around like a rag doll. I mean, if it was somebody like Daniel Bryan, I don't know if he made it out of the ring. It's a good point, you know. Credit to John Cena for just being able to physically take a beating like that. You're right. I mean, he really was just tossed around. Um, you know, now especially looking at the, the health issues that Daniel Bryan has, um, you know, who knows if he would have been able to, to take uh quote-unquote, this sort of beating uh, in a match like this. Um, AC, you know, you, you brought up a really good point with uh, Reigns and Orton, and I wanted to touch on that because, yeah, I mean, on, on paper, I think that we, did, we touched on it last night. That was the match that we were kind of curious. Um, you know, we heard stories in house shows that, they, you know, the in-ring chemistry wasn't there. Um, you know, there's been times where, like, you know, Roman Reigns uh, – Looks like he gets gassed pretty quickly. I thought that match really delivered. Um, I thought that match was a very important match in the development and rise of Roman Reigns. I, I, if you don't think that Reigns is, is on his way, not just kicking out of the RKO, but the type of RKO he kicked out of, uh, it, it was just, it, he's, he's on his way. But I thought there was a lot of cool spots in the match. Uh, the, the superplex off the top was amazing. Um, when when Roman Reigns went for the spear and Randy uh, landed the power slam, I thought that was phenomenal. A lot of cool spots in the match. Thought it was uh, the pacing was really good. I thought for all the criticism we've heard, I thought the in ring chemistry was there. And again, the sign of a good pay per view is we're talking to a bunch of people and everyone's got different ideas of what the match of the night was. Dave, I thought that match was solid, if not a great match. It was a good match. The pacing was done well, and like I said last night, Reigns reminded me a lot of what Lex Luger was early on after they had broken him away from the full horseman, but going in his favor, he had a little more potential, and he was, he's much more athletic and not as mechanical as Luger. And Luger needed a good foil to make him look good, and Orton made Reigns look good last night, and I think that yeah, was the beginning of the rise of Roman Reigns in a main event position, he, he is on his way. I think, you know, it's going to take over. It's going to take a little more time, but once he gets over, he'll stay over. I mean, people complain that oh, he's not the greatest talker in the world. Well, neither are half the guys on the roster, okay? There's not, I mean, <laughs> there's maybe one or two or three guys on the entire roster that are, the, are, are phenomenal talkers. Everyone else is just kind of, you know, borderline okay. Um, but I think Reigns will get there, and I think, you know, um, once he's there, he's going to stay there. And last night, and what helped too, and you know, here's one point, final point I want to make about that match. What helped in that match was when he won and he got on the ropes and he, and he posed, Michael Cole said something to the effect of, I don't know the exact quote, but he said something that 
that's how you make a statement. That's the kind of performance you have, you know, need to have to make a statement that you are, you know, that you have arrived, um, something along of, the, of that kind. And that really helps cement Reigns as, as being seen by the viewers as a big deal and a major player even more, not only just by beating Orton, but by having the announcers endorse him too as well. And that it was done very well last night. Just overall, the, the, I mean, you know, like Anthony said, top to bottom, the show was great. But that was a good match, um, and it certainly helped in Reigns' development to the main event. Anthony, I'm curious your thoughts. You know, we've been speculating now where to go with uh, John Cena and Brock Lesnar moving forward. I mean, tonight's Raw. We have Night of Champions coming in five weeks. Uh, where would you, preference-wise, where would you like to see them go, storytelling-wise, as far as John Cena and Brock Lesnar? Um, I would say Cena, I'm on board with you guys. I wouldn't want to see him on Raw for a week or two or really sell how, how bad of a beating he took. Um, I don't know, maybe have him come back, you know, a few months from now. Maybe, maybe he could work with somebody like Rusev, who's been, you know, tearing through maybe something that's more of a, like a mid-card thing for him after he just, you know, took the beat down. And with Lesnar, I mean, it's it's, it's tough to say who should challenge him off the bat. Maybe somebody like a, a Sheamus or one of the, you know, bigger brawling type guys who, who, again, could who people think, wow, you know, they could take big on a tough Brock Lesnar and then they get beat down too. I think it would even sell, sell the, you know, the beast, more who who's that who can stop this guy? There's nobody around that can stop this guy. Play that up for a few months, especially if they're gonna go all the way to WrestleMania. I think some of the bigger guys coming back, you know, maybe even a big show coming back again. It, obviously the matches, you know, you're not gonna see a whole ton of wrestling, but maybe, you know, more of what they showed last night, a fifteen minute quick beat down and Lesnar dominates and see you next month. Yeah, I mean there's so many uh avenues to go in and, and not you know it's worth mentioning we still have Seth Rollins it's Mr. Money in the Bank you know how does that play into it um, you know I, I can't see him beating Brock Lesnar straight up one on one but you know do we see something like that is, do we wait until Lesnar drops the title for Seth to cash in where does that briefcase fall into play because now the championship and Money in the Bank are both in the possession of the authorities' camp. So interesting to see where that storyline is going to develop. Thanks a lot for the call, Anthony. We'll see what happens. Hey, can, I, uh, can I give you one more quick one? And then uh, Jazz just wants to talk to you real quick. No, without question. Yeah, guys. But uh, I just wanted to give Stephanie some props because I thought she delivered last night. Her in-ring was pretty – I thought it was pretty impressive. I That almost looked like a squash match to me, too. I, I At one point, I was like, she's going to destroy Brie. But I was impressed with that, and uh, love to hear your thoughts on that after. But I'm going to throw jazz on real quick. I'll talk to you guys later. Cool. Take it easy, man. Bye. Hello? Hey, Jazz. What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, I just thought the pay-per-view last night was amazing. And personally, I that was my fa- favorite pay-per-view of the whole year. I, I love WrestleMania, but this pay-per-view just... It was amazing. That, that's some high praise. I know you, you're you're a big time fan, and you follow everything, and you uh, you know you're you're on point with uh, your wrestling, you, and you go to a lot of indie shows, so you know your shows. Uh, that's that's pretty high praise. Saying so far, we got a, a pay per view of the year, and and I don't think you know 
I'd have to think about it, but you're, you're not far off. I mean, I, I it very well could be the, the pay-per-view of the year. What was your favorite match of the night last night? Um, honestly, my favorite match was um, the Brie versus Stephanie match. Um, I, I thought Stephanie did a great job, even for being out of the ring for, like, as long of a time as she was. I think she did a great job, and I was so excited by the Nikki Bella heel turn. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was cool. I thought, you know, again, I, I we, we all kind of speculated that it was going to happen, but it still was cool. It was just your old-fashioned, uh, traditional kind of heel turn. I thought it was neat. I agree with that. I thought it was a good match. Uh, you know, good st- I, I love your perspective on, on stuff, and you, you really you, you articulate things so well. Before I let you go, I just got to get your take on uh, Lesnar and Cena. What did you think of the match and and how uh, what kind of a beating Cena took last night? Well, I'm not a John Cena fan whatsoever, but um, I thought, like, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, my God, like, it's insane because Brock Lesnar is literally, like, throwing John Cena around like he's, like, a piece of paper. Like, it's like, you know, you really just get a perspective of how strong he is and, you know, how much damage he could do. And, it, you know, it, it really... Did, like you said before, it really did a good job on showing that this is definitely how Brock Lesnar took the streak away from The Undertaker. I agree. An excellent point. You know, hitting the nail on the head. Uh, it, it really it, it makes the breaking of the streak uh, more tolerable, I guess. You know, it, it's again, they, did res- they respected the streak and they... They've made Lesnar out to be an absolute monster. Jazz, thanks a lot for the call and, and your insight. And uh, don't be a stranger. Give us a call next week, all right? All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. So, yeah, you know, it's funny. All our callers did seem to be in agreement. You know, the pay-per-view is an A-quality pay-per-view. We had a lot of good to great matches. Uh, we touched a little bit on, uh, you know, Orton and Reigns. Talked a lot about uh, Cena and, and Brock. Uh, Stephen Bree, you know, that match is getting a lot of love. Uh, great match, traditional kind of heel turn. Good good job by Stephanie. You know, it's funny because last night, and I do think this is a testament to good creative work, and every time we do a pregame, we do predictions. And generally, we do pretty damn well on the predictions because it's not our first rodeo. We've watched a lot of this stuff. Not our best night last night, prediction-wise, um, which is funny. No. <laughs> but one prediction we both got wrong last night and could not be happier with getting it wrong, Dolph Ziggler victorious over the Miz. And maybe that's it. Maybe for, forever, you know, my, my distaste and disdain for the Miz, I was always picking against him. And, and, and he just always seemed to, to win these matches when I was picking against him. So finally, I gave him the kiss of death. And I picked the Miz last night. And that was the way to go. So you know what? But to give Miz credit, not a big fan. I thought it was a real good match. It was a solid match. Again, Miz the guy that he's pretty good on the microphone, not very good in the ring. But if he gets in the ring with someone who can help him along... He can be decent. I think Ziggler helped him a lot last night. It's a very entertaining matchup. Dolph Ziggler, victorious, your new intercontinental champion, Dave. 
Yeah, I, I I picked the match as being the show stealer of the night. It came pretty close, although I you, you know you won show stealer of the night with Ambrose and Rollins the lumberjack match. Um, I to be quite honest with you, I really you know I'm not a big Miz fan either. Um, my hate for him is not as as strong as yours, but um, I'm not a big fan of him to begin with. But I really was kind of digging this newer, more Hollywood kind of you know. A, snob uh, role that he was kind of, uh, you know, portraying because it was something different for him. He wasn't obnoxious. He wasn't, you know, screaming awesome at the top of his lungs. Um, this was a more, you know, quieter, calmer, but, you know, yet snobbier Miz. And I, he just won the Intercontinental title, so I thought, well, this movie role that he got and they're doing this Hollywood kind of, you know, heel character trying to develop this. And for the longest time, you know, for the past year, I thought, well, Dolph Ziggler will never get out of the doghouse by the way they book him. But apparently he's out. And he's going to be, you know, a focal point of the mid-card and the Intercontinental Championship scene as the Intercontinental Champion. Um, so, yeah, I was quite surprised that, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that he won the championship. My girlfriend, Nicole, said he's going to win. I'm like, no, he's not. And she said he's out of the doghouse now. They're not going to keep him in that long. And lo and behold, that was the case. Um, you know, New Intercontinental Champion Dolph Ziggler, great match. And I will say though, I think um, another reason why he won the championship too is because, like you said at the beginning of the show, last night's show on victories was very heel, very bad guy heavy. A lot of the the the, um, the antagonists uh, won uh, you know matches, and they kind of needed to you know spread it out a little bit and having Ziggler open the show and win the championship. And you know, he's from that area. He's from you know the the Southern California area, so um, you know I'm sure you know most of the fans in attendance knew that, and it kind of helped in his victory that he you know was a, was a, was from the area. So um, I would not surprise me, and I and I hate to say this, but it would not surprise me if he gets the title taken away from him tonight, um, and maybe they set some set up some sort of rematch and Miz wins the title tonight on Raw to kind of keep the momentum going with this character that he has and then furthering the storyline between the two of them, um, you know, at the next paper of United Champions. Oh, please don't let that happen. <laughs> um, but, we, you know, we've been high on, on Ziggler for quite some time on, on this show, and, you know, it's good to see him get some gold around his waist. We'll see how long uh, it takes. And, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, David, it's an excellent point. I mean, you look at the pay-per-view, and like I said, earlier nine matches six heel victories um and if you knew how the pay-per-view was going to play out and if you knew the important moments of you know steph winning plus uh her sister turning on her nikki turning on brie uh if you knew the extent of the beatdown that brock was going to give uh john cena you you, if, if you knew those things beforehand then, you know, it makes perfect sense as Ziggler to, to beat a guy like The Miz. Uh, you needed uh, some faces to, to give you something last night. So hopefully this is the beginning of bigger things for Ziggler. Hopefully this means a lot. Hopefully he's out of the doghouse um, and on the upswing in his career. One guy um, who apparently is not out of the doghouse, and we don't know if he's in the doghouse or it's just a tear down to build back up, but... In the pre-show match, a guy who, again, we said it last night, all signs pointing onward and upward. You know, if not for 
Taker streak being beaten and, and Daniel Bryan winning the title could have been the moment of the night at WrestleMania 30. Cesaro, I'm getting choked up here. Cesaro winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, tossing Big Show over the top rope, which it could have been that moment, could have been the moment of the night. The next night joins with Heyman, crowd electric for Cesaro. And, oh, my God, what, ha- what ha- happened? Pre-show match, decent matchup. Cesaro, RVD, Cesaro unsuccessful. RVD victorious. All signs are pointing that this might be RVD's last match for a while. His run may be coming to an end, at least his current run. Um, so he goes out with a victory. Um, but it, it's, it's real interesting, Dave, you know, where exactly are they going with Cesaro? It's just... It's staggering, like, where he was at WrestleMania 30 and where he is right now. It, it's very confusing because there is no clear direction with him. One week he's, you know, you know, at one point, like I said, before and during WrestleMania, it was, you know, everyone felt, well, so this is his time now. They're going to break him away from the Real Americans. He wins the Battle Royal. Then he joins up with Heyman, only for, you know, him to have a, a I wouldn't say forgettable run with Heyman, but... Um, it didn't really get off the ground the way that, you know, most people expected because he's very highly, you know, regarded by most wrestling fans as being very talented. And, of course, you know, Paul Heyman's Paul Heyman. He's, you know, a, a talent on his own. Um, and having the two of them together, people thought it was magic. And it, it didn't turn out that way. I think it was still in the early stages. I think there still could have been stuff that could have been done with the two of them. But for whatever reason, they decided to put, you know, um, that off to the side for a little while. Um, Cesaro, yeah, there's no real clear-cut direction where you're going to go with him. Um, if they want, if they have, I mean, I'm not, you know, a mind reader here, but if they have a, a, a direction or a sense of, of where they're going to take his character, um, maybe losing last night on the pre-show might be a way to, one, kind of reignite him and his character and light a fire under its ass to really get the ball moving um, and um, where his character wants to be in WWE by maybe having him take out RVD. And then that's how you send out RVD off of, you know, WWE TV for a while. It's been rumored that he'll be at uh, Raw tonight and he'll probably work SmackDown, you know, the SmackDown tapings tomorrow night. Um, and that would be, that would be it until, you know, he's ready to come back and we're ready to have him back. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, for Cesaro right now, um, I mean, I can't really say what, where. I mean, he had a good run with Sheamus. I just don't know what happened. I, I'm, I'm baffled by it because the guy is so talented. He's very popular. I mean, he's not like Daniel Bryan popular, but they had all these ideas and plans for him from what I've been reading, and they just kind of like put it on the back burner and not really done anything. And I think I think this relates more towards um, – they're focused on building Roman Reigns right now, and they don't want to have too much on their plate that they can't handle. And maybe I think once they feel Reigns is a made guy, then they'll start working on Cesaro. I don't know, but it's just been like stop and start, you know, stop and go. And it's, to me, it's, as a Cesaro fan, it's very confusing because nine times out of ten, I've been watching Cesaro. I'd watch anything that he does on TV because he's a phenomenal wrestler. Not saying that I've jumped off the Cesaro bandwagon because I think I've been leading it on this show since he's come <laughs> to WWE. But, 
there's been a few times where I'll watch, you know, SmackDown and, you know, on the DVR and I know he's got like, he lost to Jack Swagger the other night. Like I, you know, I, I'm like, I fast forwarded through it. I was like, I don't want to watch this crap because he's not, they're not portraying him to be the, the person and the potential that he has for his character to be. And that's just very disappointing for me as a fan of him and his work. I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's just, it really is baffling for a guy who's got all that talent, you know, and it's in, in Outside of that matchup, you know, and, and who knows, maybe we see something tonight where Cesaro puts RVD down. Uh, who knows? But looking at the the, the main pay-per-view and then the, uh, you know, not the pre-show, the eight matches on the pay-per-view, uh, with, with about five minutes left, and there was so much to talk about coming out of the pay-per-view, and what to me is very intriguing coming into tonight is nothing was settled last night. Ask go match by match, you know, Nothing was really settled. I mean, maybe maybe the Rusev swagger is over, but I don't think we're really going to – that program's going to end with America being vanquished. I mean, maybe. Um, you know, dominant showing by Rusev. Uh, it was a good match. Uh, Rusev victorious. But really and truly, you look at those eight matches, nothing was settled. Lots of stuff to, to uh, sift through. So – Looking at probably a pretty jam-packed Raw as far as a storyline moving forward, uh, what are some things you, you think we should look forward to tonight on Raw, Dave? Well, something that we didn't touch upon enough right now, and we could probably delve into it for a few minutes before we go off the air with, with the amount of time we have, but uh, the, the, the Nikki Bella heel turn that a lot of us have predicted to, to have taken place. Um, you know, a lot of people on the Internet have suggested that, oh, this isn't believable, and nobody's going to buy sister versus sister. Um, it's been done before when siblings have wrestled each other. It just doesn't, you know, a lot of people didn't buy it when the Hardys did it. Um, it only worked, um, in my opinion, it only worked one time, really, and that was when Owen Hart and Bret Hart had their rivalry, um, you know, back in 94. But uh, what's interesting to me is that there's more to than to what took place last night. You just got you go back and look. Wrestling fans like to micromanage and like to pick at every little thing. Go back and pick at what took place during this match. Um, Nikki Bella got in the ring and she clocked her sister, but she didn't. She didn't technically. I mean, she helped the authority and she helped Stephanie win, but she wasn't in there celebrating and jumping up and down and doing cartwheels and. And, and, and hugging Stephanie. Uh, she stood outside the ring most of that time towards the end of that match and, you know, had a concerned look on her face. And at one point she stood there after she did it, and Hunter walked right by her and kind of gave her a smirk, like a, you know, almost like one of those, like, we, we told you we could get you to do it sort of thing. It's, it looked like she was put up to this under duress, is, is, what, it's, is what it comes across to me. And... I don't think this is any. I don't think this is something that you know is, is going to be portrayed as you know. Oh, I hate you, Bree, for what you did to me. It's probably going to be one of those. Well, they forced me to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to be fired. And um, they forced me to do it so that maybe Triple H doesn't sick Brock Lesnar on John Cena and kill him even more than he already did. You know what I mean? Like something like that. I think that it could come out of this, but I don't think it's going to be. You know, I hate you, Bree, because you didn't share your Barbies with me when we were six years old. Like, it's not going to be that. And that's what I think a lot of wrestling fans are kind of 
leaning towards that that's where that storyline could potentially go. It could be a real petty, you know, bullshit sibling rivalry. And I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's, there's a little more to the story than what was sold last night. I, I saw a great meme on the turn that just said, because uh, cause boob jobs cost money. That's, uh, needed, some extra, <laughs> needed some extra cash from the authority. Um, yeah, look, you know, again, it's it's one of those things where you have a, a pay-per-view and you have a great moment, and then it's how do you follow up that moment. And and I think it's what we're looking at tonight. Uh, great moment with that turn. Now, how do they follow up that moment? Uh, again, great great moment or, or match with uh, Brock and Cena. Uh, great storytelling. Now, how do they follow that up? And, and you go across the board coming out of SummerSlam, uh, lots of stuff to kind of decipher. I You know, I think for me, I, I am... I'm most curious to hear, because, look, the Bellas are not the best on the microphone, so I'm curious how they're going to sell this and what the explanation is, in fact, going to be. Um, and I'm really curious to see what they do with John Cena. I mean, that's the thing for me that I'm really, um, you know, where do they go? Uh, do, do we see John Cena? Uh, do we set up the, the rematch? What condition is John Cena in tonight? Um you know, that's really what I'm looking forward to. And I'm also honestly looking forward to where they go with Roman Reigns. Um, you know, watching the Raw pregame, and it's muted, so I can't uh, hear what they're saying, but they, they threw up a graphic, uh, who can stop Roman Reigns? And you start to wonder, is, are they starting to plant those seeds? Who's going to stop Roman Reigns? You have the Conqueror in uh, Brock Lesnar, and now you're selling, can anyone stop Roman Reigns? So... You have the two unstoppable forces, uh, maybe on a head-on collision. Six-man tag match tonight, RVD, Sheamus, and Roman Reigns versus Ryback, Curtis Axel, and Randy Orton uh, signed on for Monday Night Raw tonight. And big graphic just flashed up on the pregame, Bella Betrayal tonight on Raw, so we'll get some explanation for that. To all our callers, thank you for loaning your support. You guys are awesome. Talk to you next week. Same time, same place. Should be a great Raw. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you for tuning in. Good night, everybody.